The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 352 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is trail riding in Powell River for people with mobility challenges. Now, let's start talking about recovery from mobility challenges. These are serious disabilities, and let's actually ask the question whether recovery is actually possible. Now, recovery means something other than medical or surgical cures, which are lacking for so many mobility challenges. What recovery means is that individuals, regardless of their mobility challenges, can fulfill their abilities to the full, make the most of their lives, and experience happiness living their lives. Recovery means that people their families and their family caregivers focus on abilities rather than disabilities, focus on finding supports for abilities, and focus on finding workarounds for disabilities. Finding workarounds for people with mobility challenges is why our topic, trail riding in Powell River for people with mobility challenges, is so important to family caregivers and their family members. So to discuss... Um, trail riding. Our guests are Cece Duncan and Raymond Lavoie. Now Cece and Raymond founded the Powell River Mobility Opportunities Society in 2010. They were inspired by the beautiful landscapes and opportunities for outdoor, outdoor activities in British Columbia, Canada to create an inclusive opportunity for everyone. Through the British Columbia Mobility Opportunities Society, they were able to loan a trail rider to raise funds to purchase one for Powell River. Then they began networking with other organizations for support and ideas, which resulted in donations from Powell River and other communities. By September 2011, they had purchased three trail riders. In May 2012, they launched... Powell River Mobility Opportunities Society programming. And through social media and community events like Walkabouts, they continue to raise awareness and funds to improve programming, equipment, and accessibility. And Cece and Raymond truly believe in their slogan, strengthening friendships and building new ones. And they hope to pass that philosophy on to others. So welcome to the show, Cece and Raymond. 
Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Now, Cece, first question for you. Please tell us a little bit more about your lives, careers, and your, any experience you have with family caregiving. Cece? Well, um, we're not that exciting, Gordon, but we're, we're normal people like everyone else out there. Um, as I say, Raymond is here with me, and we share a lot of passions about being out in in nature. Um, by profession, I'm a behavior management consultant, and I work with children with behavioral challenges and their families. And by profession, um, Raymond is a photographer, and um, he's very visual, and he helps with um, the Power River Mobility Opportunities Society by putting us out there, um, visible to everybody. But um, we've raised our children. We are self-employed. We are caregiving now. I, I, we believe are of families in our community. Um, so as a, as a caregiver, I think it's meeting other caregivers within our community and um, bridging gaps and uh, creating friendships and uh, opportunities together. Those are very fine things to do, Cece, if I can comment. Now, Cece, I want you or Raymond to tell us more about the reasons why you created the Power River Mobility Opportunities Society. Why? What, was the, what were the deep reasons, Cece? Well, both Raymond and I love being outdoors. We love hiking. We love um, kayaking, bike riding, and just in general, enjoying nature. And uh, personally, we gain the therapeutic benefits of being out in nature. But when we moved to Power River and discovered this, this beautiful environment and um, this paradise on the Sunshine Coast and the scenery and the trails, and we couldn't help but think why there wasn't a trail rider here uh, already because we already knew about them before moving here and thought of introducing a trail rider to Power River, which we did in 2010, just on the, the hope that somebody here would like to just take it over, bring the trail rider in, and just go with it. Um, that didn't quite happen. We ended up um, having to go a little deeper and think it through a little bit better and discovered that uh, having a formal setting, having a, a society and opening it up to many uh, others in the, in the community, that there was a better way to go. So we discovered when we introduced the Trail Rider to Power River in 2010 that it was a very caring community and um, we're very open to having a trail rider here. I think also uh, it's um, people are very caring, but at the same time, uh, uh, they're more accepting if uh, someone else is taking charge of the, the project. That's a very interesting point, Raymond, because what, it's, what you're saying is that somebody has to take the initiative and lead, and then people will follow, so to speak, in a very good way by helping you do the things you want to do. Raymond, have I, have I understood that correctly? Yes, I, I think so, but it could be also from the fact that nobody had any experience from the trail rider before in Powell River. Right. which is uh, getting there now. People have seen it, have uh, ridden it, 
Right. Now, what I'm going to ask either either of you, Cece or Raymond, is this. Please tell us more about the work of Power River Mobility Opportunities Society, or putting it in another way. What do you actually do? Cece, Raymond? Well, the, the goals, I think, initially what, what we wanted to do was replicate uh, an organization in Vancouver where we first learned about the trail rider program, and that was basically to bring able-bodied volunteers together with people with mobility challenges and to go out and share time in, in nature, in the trails, in the forests, in the fields, in the farms, and all different places, um, you know, going out as a, as a group, going out individually, and creating respect and inclusion barrier-free for families and friends and, and uh, other people in the community that we live in. Now, I want to know a little bit more about the community that you're in. So, first of all, I should have asked you this question sooner, but what is Powell River? <laughs> Describe it to me. Cece? Well, Powell River is, is a beautiful community of about four, 14,000 people on the Sunshine Coast, on the west coast of Canada, in the province of British Columbia. And it's a pretty unique um, community in that we are just by plane 25 minutes from Vancouver. But how we get from Vancouver to Power River is through two ferries and some driving. And taking that route, we're five hours away from Vancouver. It's a beautiful setting. We are somewhat isolated, but it's, it's a community that has many resources because of that isolation. And it has the sea, beaches, forests, trails, mountain climbing, biking, kayaking. It's just an amazing community to live in. And so, it's also like somebody was telling us, uh, like, uh, most street, at the end of the street, there's a trail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the opportunity for the trail rider, and we're going to come to that in a moment. But I just want to ask you a little bit more about Powell River and the what the way in which you are working so well now in Powell River. Is it that being an isolated community in the way that you've described, you know, so many hours away and two ferries away and things like that, that Powell River has to be more self-sufficient than, say, um, an equivalent community uh, close to a large city or something like that? What do you say about that, Cece? That's, that's very true. Um, we have idyllic settings that, you know, when you first visit Powell River, you almost go back in time because of the, the safety that you feel and the friendliness of the, of the people that live here. I mean, when we first moved and walked in our neighborhood, people were waving and saying hi and, and welcoming to us, and we found that in general that this is, this is the community which is perfect for raising children and families and um, perfect for um, because of the safety and the and the environment of perfect for families who have um, members with special needs because of that environment and that sense of being independent and having to provide for themselves in a community in such a way that um, the the community looks after itself. Is, is this right? 
was an ideal or is an ideal opportunity for what you wanted to achieve. Is that right? Yes, yes, very much so. Now, we're going to, I'm just going to make a comment back to you and then we're going to go into the break um, because as I'm always saying, this the break is where we have to pay the rent and all of us have to do that. But just to come back to you on a couple of points, what you're talking about is profoundly important in relation to this notion of recovery that I was mentioning. That is, and we're going to hear this story of what you exactly do, but what you're doing is enabling people with very challenging disabilities, mobility uh, challenges, um, to live their lives in such a way that they can fulfill themselves, they can enjoy themselves, and they can take pleasure in what they're doing. Because if, I'm, if I've got you right, and I'll ask you this at the end of, the, uh, at the end of this episode, then you are among other things, in the recovery business. And that, if I can put it that way, is a very fine, very fine business to be in, in the very nicest possible way. So we're going to come back to that. But that's my sense of the importance of this episode and what you're talking about. So we'll take the break now. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are C.C. Duncan and Raymond Lavoie. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Ah, a nice glass of wine is very refreshing after the end of a long day. But have you ever considered the story behind the wine? Tune in to Bacchus and Beery Wine Radio with your hosts, Roger and Donna Beery. You'll meet some of the people behind the world's wineries, travel the wine country, and learn more about that glass that you're enjoying. Roger and Donna will also give would-be vintners a behind-the-scenes look at starting a winery. Bacchus and Beery Wine Radio airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Adoption changes a family forever. For the adopters as well as the adoptees, there are many adjustments that need to be made, from lifestyle to financial. And the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg 
at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and C.C. Duncan and Raymond Lavoie. Our topic is trail riding in Powell River for people with mobility challenges. Now, let's talk about trail riders and what they are and the way these are used. So, C.C. or Raymond, please describe to us a trail rider. What is it? C.C., Raymond? Yeah, well... When people ask us about a trail rider, it's really interesting because if you can give a visual, it's so much easier. Um, So I'm going to try and do this auditory so that um, I can best describe a trail rider as being designed to transport people with significant physical disabilities. And they're assisted by two able-bodied teammates, or as we call them, Sherpas. The trail rider is a single-wheel design, and it provides a narrow profile necessary to access hiking trails, and it's ideal for trekking in environmentally sensitive areas. Now, that kind of tells you what it does. Um, If you were to look at it, imagine a rider sitting over a a single wheel and two handles, one in front of him and one behind, so that a person can be pulling and another person could be pushing. That's kind of giving you the visual. Um, The first one was developed in 1995, and we're actually, the ones that we use now are a third third edition of of that original design. It's much lighter, it's stronger, and it's fully compactable. And by compactable, I mean that it can actually fold in half and be packed into the back of a hatchback. We've never personally tried that, but it can be, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And it's taken hundreds of people with disabilities to places that they they thought they they could never get to um, before. So that's pretty much describing it. The only other thing I could recommend is that people look it up or go to our website at uh, www.prmos.org and look at pictures and videos that we have up there so you can actually see one in, in action. Very good. And I recommend people to do that because they're going to see, if they look where I looked, a wonderful picture of somebody in a trail rider with a, communicating with a horse that seemed to very much like the idea of the trail rider and the person in it. And they got on extremely well. And it's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful little image. That was now, quite the adventure. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, Cece, please explain the ways in which a trail rider is used. You've already mentioned some of these things, but just just get it in the nice way across to us about the ways in which you actually use the trail rider. Well, being able to, for example, uh, uh, people may think of the idea of somebody pushing and pulling somebody. So with a trail rider, it's not that. It's it's a it's a team event. It's three people going out together, not two people push, pushing somebody around in, in the trails. It's, it's very much um, complementing one another and, and enjoying each other's experience and, and being a, a team, you know, sharing the experience of what's happening out there. So saying what a trail ride is used for, it's getting back to what we enjoy. We love being out in nature, and it's just being able to share that information with somebody else. Right. Now, all these questions are related to each other. I I want you to describe the 
types of trails that they used for. In other words, um, give us an impression of what a trail would be. Is it just a flat stretch of, I know it isn't, of kind of pathway across a field, or is it something more than that? Cece, please tell us. Yeah, no, I, I think visualizing that a little bit more, think of your, yourself going on a single track. Say so you're walking on a single track, one in front of another, um, through a forest, through fields, through trails. It could, you could be going over tree roots, you could be going um, over bumps, um, logs, or um, going up a mountainside even. It, if you can visualize, or if your listeners can visualize, just going for a walk, not side by side, but in, in single file in some cases. In some areas where the trails are wider, then you uh, are wider. You do have an opportunity to go side by side. But think of it as a single track because then you start thinking about whether or not it's accessible for others. And that accessibility is for walkers, for scooters, for wheelchairs, um, or anybody with a, a, a mobility challenge. It, it's, it just gets you thinking about things we take for granted and being able to turn that around so that those things we take for granted and we know that we can get up and do, can we help somebody else get to that place? And this is really what we, we are accomplishing with uh, going out in the trail riders. Now, what about weather? I don't know enough about Powell River to answer this question, but do you ever get snow there? And if you do, how do trail riders uh, manage the team? How do they manage in snow or don't they? Cece? We do get snow here. Um, and not to say that we get a lot of snow, but we did have a, a, an exciting experience last year where we thought about trail riders generally going out in the trails. We run a program May through September when we put the volunteers together with people with um, mobility challenges because it's more weather dependent. But having said that, we thought, wouldn't it be neat to go out in the snow? So what we did is attach a snowboard to it, and the, the Sherpas, um, one at the front, one at the back, put on snowshoes. I was one of those, and it was... Um, it was interesting, and uh, we went out into the snow, and we had a rider that, uh, in order to keep the rider warm, because that's something we have to be very um, aware of, is when we're Sherpas, we are working, and we are, you know, starting to perspire and feeling quite toasty, whereas the person who's riding in the trail rider doesn't necessarily feel, feel that, and when we went out in the snow that day, we actually had our rider with uh, poles so that he could help us by us going with the snowshoes up the side of the mountain, and he was using poles to help help us and be a part of the team, but also keeping warm. In general, no. we always go out in the snow, <laughs> but um, and we have been able to do that. Fabulous story. Fabulous. Now, let, please tell us about the Sherpas. That is the people who provide the human power for trail riders. You've already mentioned that uh, the passengers, if I'm sure that's not the right word, in a trail rider can also help. But I'm interested also in the, the volunteers, the Sherpas who provide the, the human power. Please tell us about them. Cece? Well, I'd like to say one thing. Um, I, I did refer to them as riders, and that's what we do uh, a lot of the time. But when we're actually involving the riders so that they become part of our programming, we refer to them as hikers. 
hikers. And, oh, I like that. Yes. Yeah, the Sherpas are, are actually um, made up of, they could be family members, they could be friends of the hiker, they could be care providers that come along, uh, or they could be total strangers. I mean, they could be strangers that have come to us saying they want to volunteer, and they may never have met the hiker before. Those strangers become friends. Um, we go out, it's not quiet, with everybody's chatting. I'm a chatterer. <laughs> I talk a lot. <laughs> but in general, I think everybody, you know, after the introductions are are creating conversations. We're learning about each other. The strangers become friends before the end of the trip. We're generating inclusion and friendships and sharing that time out in nature. And the volunteers, I have to say, whether they're family, friends, care providers, or, or strangers, I mean, our volunteers are the heart of the Power River Mobility Opportunities Society, and we really couldn't do them do it without them. Uh, they're really caring people. They're caring to our hikers, our riders. We found they're very sincere and, and um, you know, we can't say enough about them. Now, let's talk about the organization. Um, you plainly are able to attract, I'm going to call them volunteers just for the moment. That is people who are excited by the prospect of what you're doing and want to be part of it. Um, now, in situations like that, sometimes there's a worry that you may not have enough people or sometimes there's the worry that you may have too many people. That is not enough trail riders to actually give the opportunity to your um, volunteers or Sherpas. Um, how do you get it organized? Well, Right off the top, we can never have enough. We can never not. We can never have too many, should I say? Right. We, you know, if we've got a, a team, it, sometimes it, it may be just Raymond and I going out um, with a hiker, uh, a rider, um, or there could be ten other people. In fact, to, to give you an example, Power River has its own junior A uh, or AAA hockey team, ice hockey team, and. Before they start their season, they often come out with us. So this past uh, this past uh, month or, or couple of weeks in, in this month, we have been actually going out with the hockey players. So it's been really, um, you know, um, different. But it, we've had as many as 10 or 11 players join us and just going out as a, a big group. Now that's indicates that um, the hockey players see this as something more than merely acti active, activism in the sense of physical activity, but also in the sense of social activism. They obviously get something from uh, what they're doing in the way that they get something strong from their hockey. Please comment on that. Well, you know, it, it's pretty exciting when they do come out because we hear about muscle groups that we'd never heard of before because they're comparing <laughs> what it is that they're doing. So it was it's really quite funny when they when they did come out. But just the the bonding and the relationships between the hockey teams that are coming in. I mean, the hockey players actually don't come from Power River. They're coming from across the country or across different states in America to join the hockey club. And... Some of them have never seen, well, some of them have never been in a trail before, but some of them have never seen a, a trail rider, or most of them have never seen a trail rider. 
So the experience of being exposed to something like that and be able to share that with their family members and communities when they go home is, is, is just incredible. And photographic, too, I imagine. And photographic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, this is again the point where we have to take the break, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Cece Duncan and Raymond Lavoie. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Cece Duncan and Raymond Lavoie. Our topic is trail riding in Powell River for people with mobility challenges. Now, let's hear about trail riders in action. Uh, Cece or Raymond, please tell us about the types of ability challenges that trail riders serve. Either or both of you? Yeah, I, I think the, the ability challenges that um, we serve is, is pretty broad. Uh, um, a lot of people think it's just for the obvious mobility challenges, like if they see somebody with uh, crutches or if they see somebody with um, or in a wheelchair, and they kind of get stuck on 
the limitation of that, and it's really not that at all. I mean, we've had people come to us um, who have arthritis, uh, who have MS uh, or cerebral palsy. Uh, we have a couple of riders that uh, have been uh, diagnosed with ALS. Um, we have riders who have experienced a brain injury. We've had uh, riders with visual impairment, um, which is interesting because um, you, people wouldn't think that they would want to go in the trail rider, but it, it's open to everybody. Um, we have riders with developmental delays like autism or who are nonverbal. We've had people with stroke uh, or who are accident survivors. Uh, and even people with respiratory problems. I mean, imagine somebody who can't walk very far because they can't catch their breath and, and not be able to go into the trails or out into nature because of that. And we've also had elders, um, and everybody has elders in their community, whether it's your grandma or grandpa or somebody you know. Um, like us, it's just getting out in nature and reaping the therapeutic benefits of, of being out there. Now, please give us an impression or explain how trail riders accommodate these ability challenges, which cover such a wide range. You've mentioned some of the most worrying and serious challenges to mobility that we know. Um, these, as you say, are very diverse. Uh, they can be worrying. And yet here you are introducing them to this way of experiencing things, this way of building friendships. So please explain to us how trail riders, the devices, accommodate to the various ability challenges. Cece? Well, the, the trail riders, I'm going to pass this off to Raymond for a little bit because he, uh, he's adapted our trail riders. We have three trail riders in our community, and so that we can take out members of our community with, with some of the... Um, uh, challenges that I mentioned before is he's added to our trail riders so that we can make it uh, a lot easier for them to join us out in the trails. So I'm just going to pass this to Raymond so he can expand on that a little bit. Hello, Raymond. Hello. Thank you. Yes, uh, the trail riders we have, we put some um, uh, extra handles on it, like uh, from having worked with the previous version of the trail rider, that the design was different, and uh, I uh, appreciated the difference, and I liked some of the old parts, so I had this added on to the um, new design of the trail rider to have more grip to be able to lift the riders easier, like uh, over a route, over a rock, or deeper ground, and also we uh, uh, adapted a focus back, which is normally a back that goes on a wheelchair to uh, on the trail riders so that the, the riders would have uh, lateral support. Some of our riders could not go on the hikes with us because of that, they really needed uh, lateral support. So having that extra piece of equipment uh, widened the range of uh, people that we can help. So in other words, the trail riders have 
you've adapted them the design to accommodate the various ability challenges um, that you experience that um, come to you to participate in your program. Um, have those accommodations, those changes that you've made, been adopted by other groups using trail riders? Raymond? Uh, I, I really uh, couldn't tell, but like the uh, people who have seen it uh, uh, commented on it, like they like it, but like uh, I haven't really seen any. Okay. Um, ideas are infectious, as they say, and I think from what you've been saying, there's a very good chance that your ideas will be taken up and copied, and I very much hope they are and that you get the credit for it. Now, CC, <laughs> I want you to describe one particular trail rider trip that you think will help us picture the benefits that trail riders bring to persons with physical ability challenges. Um, one particular trail rider trip. Please tell us about it. That's really hard to do, and we get pretty excited when we start sharing our, our adventures with, with others. So there's, if, if I can, there's, I'll quickly tell you of three. Okay. <laughs> um, one was a, a young lady that, that couldn't go in the trail rider. She had uh, a lot of involuntary movements because of her um, cerebral palsy. And without the focus back, that addition that Raymond put in, to, attached to the trail rider and the neck brace, she wouldn't have been able to do it. We tried, um, but last year... Um, with that extra equipment, we were able to take her out for the first time on the, the the beach with the tide out, and she just laughed. And another one was um, the Canadian Council for the Blind were having their annual picnic in, in Powell River, and one of the members wanted to go in the trail ride, and now this gentleman couldn't see. He, we had to put his dog in, in the car because he was very confused about not being able to walk alongside him. Um, but as soon as he got into the forest, he could smell the forest, and he commented on, on, on the smell and what it meant to him. And then we got near a, a pasture, and he could hear the, the horses. He could hear the horses coming towards us, and he just asked whether we could go closer. And we said, well, we could, but there was a big ditch there, so we didn't want to. But that just gives you another example of, um, of that. But one of the... One of the most, I guess, amazing things that we had, a call from a lady who wanted to take her father to a, an outdoor concert that we were holding at the beach. Not us, but uh, other members of the Power River community were holding this um, classical concert, open-air concert at the beach. And her 95-year-old father uses a walker. I mean, he's, he's pretty good. I was very impressed with Mr. Stanley when we saw him, that he's pretty agile. Um, but expecting him to go down to the beach and to navigate through the, the grassy area and back again would have been way too much. So his daughter, Carol, asked if we could um, facilitate him attending this concert, and we said, yes, we would. And we've had children as young as 12 being the trail rider, and now we were very excited to have uh, Mr. Stanley, who was 95 years young, <laughs> Join us, and he he had a great time. He thoroughly enjoyed that concert. It's something that he really wanted to do. He was able to spend that time at the concert with his daughter. We just stood back, stood back, and just were in awe, and being able to take him home again. And apparently, he talked about it uh, for days. So 
so we were we were very excited about that experience. Now, I want to ask either of you just to focus on a trip that was for a person, <clears throat> for um, a hiker, who had a mental ability challenge. These are very difficult things to talk about, and um, they're very challenging for the people who live with them. But I think I've picked up a hint already that you've had some pretty pretty impressive successes in people in in trail rider trips for people with mental ability challenges so give give us just one example please well we can talk about um a, a lady who was um 30 30 years of age and she has autism she has difficulty mobility uh, going any distances she she could walk, but she couldn't go too far. And her mom shared us this this story that it, it had been years, I mean, decades since she had been able to take her daughter, Rebecca, into the trails. And she was so thrilled to be able to do that again, because the last time she could do it, she had to literally backpack her in. And being able to take her out, Rebecca was also nonverbal. And we had taken Rebecca into the trails a few times, and she was very comfortable with coming out with us. And one day we heard this laughter. We heard this, well, it was really loud belly laughing. And I, I just looked around and said, what is that? What, what, what is that? And her mom said, that's Rebecca laughing. And it, it, was, it was inspiring because Rebecca very rarely made uh, sounds. I mean, she has a beautiful smile when she laughs, but we never really heard it. And to hear that she was enjoying the bumps and she was enjoying the experience of being out in nature that much that we could hear her, you know, several steps back, that she was enjoying it. She was exhilarated and so were you and so were, I guess, everybody who saw or heard what was going on. Is that right? It is, that is. That's it's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Right. Now, I would just want to sort of comment um, back to you in this way that you've made a comment to the effect that um, there's much more to this uh, than providing a kind of transportation for people who um, are confined to wheelchairs or have to depend on crutches. What you're in fact doing is bringing a, a life experience to people affected by a whole range of conditions which are associated with mobility challenges, but are in fact are far more. And that exhilaration that you and I, you two and I agree about is glorious. That is to say, this is something that uh, is so badly needed um, by people who live lives that can be very discouraging and to bring exhilaration and happiness to them and therefore memories of something something wonderful is work that I can only say to you uh, I think is is needs lots and well, lots. It, it, you know, that, that's really nice of you to say that, uh, Gordon, but, you know, we can honestly say we get as much out of this as anybody else does, and, and that's probably the reason we do it and we're, and we're passionate about it. We get excited about sharing it. We get excited about doing it. We ex get excited about encouraging others to, to, to join us uh, or, or to start doing things themselves. And it, it's, it's not just what you're saying that we're doing. It's what's being done to us. Don't you agree, Ray? Yep. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, it's maybe not for everybody to uh, come and help be a Sherpa, but people who do it really enjoy it. It's a two-way street, in other words. Very much, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Now, uh, we're going to have to take the break again, unfortunately, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Asley, and my guests are C.C. Duncan and Raymond Lavoie. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune in to Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as the show is often hosted by national experts in the fields of leadership, teamwork, management, corporate responsibility, accounting, governance, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be more trustworthy. Your hosts are trusted professionals with years of experience in applying strategies with today's leading organizations. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Cece Duncan and Raymond Lavoie. Our topic is trail riding in Powell River for people with mobility challenges. Now, I'd like you, you, both of you, to talk about things that you would like to do and see done to promote Powell River Mobility Opportunities Society and the use of trail riders. So starting with you, Cece, what more would you like to do to promote Powell River Mobility Opportunities Society. Cece? Well, right off the top, I, I, I want to extend that we are a non-profit society, um, and we're serving the community by bringing them together and having lives and people's lives cross, 
crossing paths that maybe they wouldn't have been doing before. And in order to be able to do this, I mean, we need to fundraise. We do that by getting donations, and obviously we need volunteers. And all I can say is that we've changed. Our lives have been changed as a result of that. We feel that the volunteers' lives have been changed as a result of that, and we, we know that the lives of the riders, the hikers that we take out, have definitely been changed because of that. So many others, um, we want to encourage what we do, respectfully bringing and including people in, in what we do in our everyday lives or, or not everyday lives, but just having a way to, to bring people together and to come out and play. Right. Let me just ask you a very quick question. You are a registered charity so that your donors can get tax relief. I know this is a bit crude, but this is in fact the case, is it, that you can, they can make a donation to you and claim tax relief. Is that right? We are, we are a non-profit society, but we do have um, uh, charitable status through BC Moss that mentored us. And if uh, you go on to our website, you're able to actually make a donation through BC Moss that uh, gives you the tax certificate and um, gets the money to us that you donate. Right. You do that online. Yeah. Good. Our important website. to know. Yeah, important to know. Now, CC or Raymond, what more would you like to see done and by whom to promote the use of trail riders? Either of you. By whom? You mean uh, the media? Anybody, whoever <laughs> you would choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think the yeah media is is a good like uh, yourself. Yeah. Um, we would really like to see a trail rider in every community. We got so excited about bringing the first trail rider. To to, to Power River, um, we've had other communities actually contact us and uh, are interested in replicating what we've done. And, it, you know, it, it is hard work, but the, the rewards from, from the and the gains that we get from it has is, is just been incredible. So having a trail rider in every community is going to change many people's ways of, of thinking and open doors to, to many people. For instance, shut-ins. Um, of being part of that community that you live in. Now, when you say every community, are you including urban communities? Are you including city centres? Please clarify that for us, Cece. I, I think if it's a, an urban community and there's a recreation uh, complex or a gathering place, definitely um, have one there. For rural communities, you know where you live, and, and to be able to enjoy nature that's at your fingertips, um, even more so, because I think that, you know, when you're in a rural community, you tend to be um, isolated, not, not to say that you're not isolated in, in an urban community as well, but I think that there's, it just opens doors, uh, and I think everybody could realistically think about it and and putting two minds together that could, could do it wherever you are. If there's people, and if there's people with uh, any challenge, um, whether it's physical or, or um, mental or, or otherwise, um, see what you can make happen. Now, I'm going to ask you 
for a message for family caregivers. And Cece, it can be you, it can be Raymond, it can be you both. Time's a little bit short, so I'm going to make it uh, a, a, what I hope is a clear question, but it's this. What's your message for family caregivers who are wondering if one of their family members with some kind of challenge of the type we've been talking about would benefit from trail riders. So what's your message for those family caregivers? Uh, our message really, um, Gordon, is to contact us. Let's talk. We want to include everyone, families, children, even the family dog. I mean, when you're isolated, you're isolated. When you're in a community that's um, willing to open, open up their hearts to you, try it. I mean, how many of us desire socialization and maybe not getting it. So I can only encourage parents and care providers to contact us. Go to our website, look at photos, look at the videos on there. I mean, nature is calming. It's calming for all of us. And to be able to share that with others, we just can't say enough about it. Right. Therefore, they should, and if basically a message is call you, contact you through the website and you will either offer them Pearl River or direct them somewhere else. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. it I, I think we know of other, other places that have trail riders. If they contact us and they need some direction or if they want to know how to get a trail rider, we can certainly refer them to the, the places that they need to connect to. Very good. Now, I started off by talking about recovery in the sense of enabling people with challenges, disabilities, um, to enable themselves or to be enabled to live their lives to the fullest, to be in experience happiness and for their families to be looking for what I think we all agree are workarounds. Um, if I'm right in that, what I see in trail riders and the work you both are doing and the way in which you're doing that work and the way in which you are involving the community is in fact a pathway. You're providing a pathway to recovery. Cece, just quickly, do you agree with me in that? I do. Yes, I do. And, and we all have paths to, to travel. And, and if this helps people getting to, to a path and going in a direction to get fulfillment, then we're all behind it. Great. Now, on that point, unfortunately, um, we've come to the end of this wonderful episode. So I want to say thank you to Cece and Raymond for all that thank you've you. shared with us. And I, all I can say to you is keep up the good work because it really is good work. And I hope that you are successful in spreading the idea to every community in North America because that's where it should be. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And with Family Caregivers Unite, I'd just like to explain, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research to find out what you, our listeners, think about or have experience with important topics such as the one we've been listening to. So please email me to hear more or to get involved. And our next episode will be what family caregivers should know about strokes, heart attacks and blood clots. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then.
Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 